All right, welcome back to the Own Your Eating Podcast. We're going to dive right into this one. Cool. Even though I had a big special birthday last week. No, no time to talk about your birthday. Moving on, let's sweep that under the carpet. (laughs) I'm an old man. So here's what happened. Abby, the pastor from our wedding. Yes. Good friend. I've known her, hard to believe, over 10 years now. Yeah, wow. What? <laughs> just that I've got, when you get to be this old, you just have I friends know. for a very You're like, long wow, time. That's a decade. It's a long time. Yeah. So Abby wrote us an email. Allie was messaging us about this as well as countless other people. So I'm going to read the email. It's a little bit of broken English, even though Abby's first language is English, but sometimes there's some it's an, typos. It's an email chat. <laughs> so, so it's not my reading. It's her typing. I'm going to get, get going with it. Hey, Jason and Roz, I listened to your Girls Gone Wad interview and soon after listened to a recent episode of the Dear Sugars podcast that dealt with body image, dieting, and trusting your body. They had experts in intuitive eating on the show. The Girls Gone Wad hosts had some real concerns with counting macros. One of them developed a kind of eating disorder, right? And she needed to stop counting her macros and start listening to her hunger cues to figure out how to be more sane about her eating. By the way, I liked how you responded to them. You didn't tell them they were wrong or whatever. You were good listeners and were supportive. And I hope they came away from the interview with a better understanding of the way you do flexible eating. Similarly, in the Dear Sugars podcast, they talked about learning to be more compassionate and generous with yourself and the need to move away from the diet culture and how damaging it is, how it doesn't work, how focusing on what we eat, quantities, counting calories, etc., is counterproductive and emotionally damaging. So, what do you think about all this? How does Own Your Eating fit into this universe? That's my question for you. Here are some of my thoughts. Slow from Abby. Yeah. (laughs) It's a long email. Bear with us. It's good, though. On the one hand, I found myself agreeing with a lot of these points. I don't think it's good to be obsessive about foods, counting lemons in your water and all that. I do think diet culture and focusing on having the perfect body or whatever is corrosive to the soul. But on the other hand, I know listening to my body didn't work. And I know counting macros does work, at least for now, at helping me know how much and what I need to eat. So long as I can do it with a lot of self-compassion and curiosity and as little judgment as possible, especially when I don't follow through on my plan for the day or I struggle or whatever. So there's Abby's email to us. We're going to dive into this topic because, like I said, we've been getting hit from all sorts of angles with it, lots of people. And and really the topic, in a nutshell, is... What do we think about intuitive eating and, and how do we help our, our clients with, with developing a good body image, I think. Right. Those and are the kind of key pointers I'm picking out from Abby's email. Absolutely. And you and I have not discussed this for a reason that I don't know exactly how you feel about it. You don't know exactly how I feel about it. And yeah. I think it's an open, healthy debate. So I'll let you kick it off since well, I No, just... I think you should kick it off. Okay. I, mean... I have lots of thoughts about it, but I kind of want to hear your thoughts because... I feel like I'm going to bring a very female perspective. Well, good. I hope I bring a very male perspective. <laughs> so I kind of want to hear what you feel about it. And then, yeah, let's see how it goes. I think over 
the years and as I've aged and as I've matured, I've developed some compassion. Some compassion. A a modicum of compassion. You've only known me, you know, just (laughs) two, two plus years. So you've only seen the tip, but if you would have seen, you know, oh, over really? the, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you would have seen, you know, and, and, and towards the end of that, it looks smaller than it is, right? Like okay. if you would have seen me at 20, yes. I would have been like, Abby, get your shit together and track your macros. Right. Right. So first and foremost, I want everyone that's watching on Instagram or Facebook or listening to this podcast to understand that there's a lot of empathy with all of it. So I don't think there's any one right way to do anything in this world, including nutrition. And let me chime in just for a second. I think that's one of the key things that we incorporate with our coaching, with our nutrition, is that we treat everyone as an individual. We're not like, hey, here are your macros, see you later. You know, we ask a lot of questions, and especially if you're part of our lifestyle group, you know, we really sort of hold your hand along the way and get to know you as a person and make recommendations based on you as an individual. So just, you know, just because somebody is very capable of hitting triple zeros every day, that doesn't make somebody else capable of doing that. And not because it's a hard task, but because there's... Everybody has different lives that they're leading and different priorities. Well, and I can tell you, with working with a lot of our lifestyle members, very little of it is the nutrition. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes without saying. Well, I mean, we want to help people dial in their, their nutrition, but at the same time, we have to understand why they want to do it, and if they are struggling, why they're struggling, and what we can do to improve that. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, if someone comes to us that doesn't necessarily want to track macros but still wants to dial it in, and case in point is Allie. Mm -hmm. You know, for the last few weeks, we completely revamped her macros because of a query that she had about it, and I was all for it. Right. Because I think there's... And we... uh, Yeah, and I've treated other clients the same way and Christy is somewhat similar she wants to develop more of an intuitive relationship with her food but as do we all Um, but we all have different goals you know some of us may want to develop a certain level of leanness for a competition or because we're into some particular sport or whatever it is so we all have different goals to fulfill and we're very careful about what it is or why it is that people want to achieve those goals. You know, if we have a woman who's looking to achieve a very high level of leanness for no particular reason, that might send off alarm bells in my mind that she's trying to achieve some image of perfection. So I just, I'm never going to tell someone, no, that goal is ridiculous, but I'm always very careful to make sure that the reasons behind the goals or the client's expectations are realistic. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think you're, you're so mindful me, of that too. So let me sum up, I think, part of what Abby is saying too and a lot of what Ali is saying. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's so much about what do you think about intuitive eating. Okay. I think it's more so, do I have to track macros for the rest of my life? Yeah, and I think that is a question that I had, and funnily enough, we were trying to think of... I don't think the, funnily is a word. Funnily? Yeah. Funnily enough. Yes, it is. I think it's funny enough. 
I think it can be either. Somebody I think you, you take your English. Now. I think you take your English accent and take advantage of it. <laughs> All right, I, I'm prepared to concede that I may be wrong, but whatever. <laughs> you threw out a word yesterday. Funny enough, and I, had no I feel idea. like that is completely wrong. Funnily enough, <laughs> we were just trying to think of let me just questions that people have. If you're watching this live, please let us know if funnily is a word. <laughs> Please also let us know if it's polite to interrupt people. I'm not sure. Is that? <laughs> Go on. Um, we were just trying to think of topics or questions that people commonly ask when they're first thinking about getting started with flexible eating, and that is definitely one I had. Am I going to be having to do this for the rest of my life? So, so let's go back to Abby's question. Here's my here's my first answer. I don't think intuitive eating works. That's my initial statement. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Case in in point first would be myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, in reality, if we are all intuitively eating, are we not? I'm hungry. I'll eat. Well, I think most of us have lost sense of what intuitive eating really is because of the types of foods we have available to us. Correct. So, and because of all the stimulants we're taking, the lack of sleep we have, like our bodies are so off. Like we have no, our bodies have no clue what intuitive eating is. Right. So, okay. Again, we've kind of separated this. What is intuitive eating? Do I have to track macros forever? I think if you're do want to take a stab at intuitive eating, it should be after having an understanding of what your body truly needs. Absolutely. And just to clarify, I actually have a few pointers pulled up, so I'm not going to get up remembering stuff off the top of my head, as to what kind of intuitive eating would really look like or mean. And basically, here, here are four kind of rules that you would look at. Um, eat when you're hungry. Choose foods that will satisfy you. Who knows what they are prior to flexible eating? I don't think I knew what they were. Cookies. <laughs> Pay attention to what you're eating and enjoy it. I definitely didn't do that before flexible eating. And stop when you're full or satisfied. That's what everybody thinks they're doing already. That's what I thought I was doing when I was 170 pounds. Really? <laughs> yeah. I would, well, I mean. Even I with your cheat days? Okay. So there, you know, but that that's part of it. Okay, well, I'm. Now is, you know, anything with the nutrition discussion can go on forever. For sure. But it's like, hey, I'm intuitively eating. I'm doing so well during the week. Do I deserve a cheat day? Because a cheat day isn't intuitive. A cheat day is like, I'm full. I can't get off this couch. I should eat again. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not intuitive eating. Then you say, choose foods that will satisfy you. Well, that brings up a whole other topic. Satisfy what? Satisfy <laughs> my hunger or satisfy me emotionally? Right. Pay attention to what you're eating and enjoy it. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, but so many people don't do that, and that's where the, they run into trouble. You know, the number but, of people but who are on... diving into, I don't know, bags of cookies and fruit at the supermarket. I see people wandering around Whole Foods just helping themselves. But maybe they're enjoying it. Yeah, but they're not really, I'm saying. That's, like your, the, that's you putting no, that No, I'm talking about when people aren't paying attention, I'm saying. Like, when you're just sat with the lights off and your hands diving into a bag of chips and before you know it, the whole bag's gone. You're not right. paying attention. You're mindlessly watching TV. Stop when you're full satisfied. That's probably one of the hardest triggers to 
realize. Right. And if you want to enjoy the types of foods that are readily available and that you grew up with, you know, your cookies and your ice cream and all those kinds of treats, that is incredibly hard to stop when you're supposedly full or satisfied. So we can dive into all of them, but, you know, that last one especially is one reason I love flexible eating and love tracking because it's almost every night, even right now when I'm eating more food than I've ever ate, 3,000 plus calories a day, that I want more. <laughs> like, never think, you know, last night, for example, I had a bag of... Uh, what are those pop chips? Uh, the like Quakers rice. Yeah, rice cakes. cakes. Right. Yeah. So I eat my rice cakes. Like, oh, that just so happened to be the perfect amount of rice cakes. That last one was exactly the last one I wanted. No, I would have had another bag. Right. If that bag had been two times the size, you still would have eaten the whole thing. Right. So stop when you're full. Another example. Sunday night, I had dinner at six p.m. in Jacksonville. Before I drove home, Chipotle, yeah. I had Chipotle. 6 p.m. is very early for me to finish my food. Yeah, carry on. So I get home at about 11 because we drive home from Jacksonville, or I did. And my cue is to eat. Whenever I get home from a seminar on Sunday, I chill out and eat. But I knew I had the right amount of food for the day. Mm. So I stopped. But I'm telling you, I was hungry. Right, and but that's that's... Because of the habits you have developed. But that's the point. Yes, I know. That's the point. I, I get it. So I think intuitive eating is this great, almost new buzzword out there. But I'll tell you what. Most people that think they're eating intuitively are not eating the right amount of food. A lot of people watching, a lot of people listening do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Right? So let, let's, let's make an analogy here. Intuitive eating would be like, hey... I do all these movements that my coaches tell me to do. I do functional movements. Yeah. I squat. I even do burpees once in a while. I, I push press. I do wall balls. However, I never start a clock and I never count my reps. I just do these movements. <laughs> right? Just randomly? I just do these movements. Okay. I squat all the time. I burpee all the time. Well, when? How much? What's your time? I don't know. Are you going to live a happier, healthier life? And be able to stave off decrepitude, meaning, you know, lose the ability to do these movements? 100%. Absolutely. But are you maximizing your body? Are you getting as fit as you possibly can? I don't know. Because we're not quantifying it. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing. Right. If you intuitively eat only good foods, meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. And that's what you said. Because let's say this, like if you're going to intuitively eat, you shouldn't be intuitively eating ice cream. There's nothing about ice cream that fits into those categories. Except if you're considering that choosing foods that will satisfy you is but that's the not mental what it should, That's Right, no, I know, but that's not, not what it should be. Yeah. So, uh, Jen makes a good point if you're watching on Facebook. So, it's exactly what I'm saying. Intuitive eating would imply, hey, I'm only eating clean foods. And my argument to that would be, the same thing I did when I did paleo. Most people doing that are going to go super high fat, super low carb, and not eat enough food. And that's, you know, that's because of a lot of information we've been fed from the diet industry, and that's the natural assumption that, that people most often steer towards. Okay, I need to cut back on carbs, go higher fat, eat more protein. Um, 
Jen's quest or statement was, intuitive eating is like clean eating, too ambiguous of a phrase. Um, but yeah, I think he said it, I think even Abby said it herself in her email, when she was intuitively eating, it didn't work for her. And and I, I agree with pretty much with everything you just said as well. Like, I think there's been times in the past where I've tried to intuitively eat and I've fallen back onto things like clean eating, paleo style eating, and it, and it hasn't worked. Um, and I think you can bring it up about me currently. You still haven't really voiced your full opinion, but what for me, when I get a little too over the edge when it comes to eating good quality foods, like right now I'm very driven about the 800 grams. Every day I try to eat my 800 grams and often get far more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dial them, you know, perfectly with my numbers. But then I get a little too crazy and start to forget to enjoy those treats still. Right. You know, there were probably two or three weeks where I didn't have anything, any sort of treat, because I almost get that feeling of guilt again. Right. And then I started to incorporate it back. I was like, okay, you have to find that balance or else this isn't going to be sustainable. Right. And I think one of the things that I appreciate most about flexible eating is the flexibility. (laughs) And I say this so often because I think when I first came to flexible eating, I tried to approach it with the same mindset that I had every single other diet in that there was restriction. And the truth is there isn't. You can choose to place that restriction on yourself, but you don't need to. And the first couple of times I tried to do flexible eating and I was still restricting myself, I failed because I was restricting myself and I, eventually like I had to cut loose. Like I, I was still depriving myself of foods that I enjoyed and I was still being too crazy about this notion that I had to be perfect with my numbers all the time. Um, so let's go back to the original email from Abby. What's mm-hmm. your opinion? My opinion is that I have found flexible eating to help me overcome notions that I had of perfection, not just in the way that I uh, approach food and the food that I eat, but also my own body image. Um, It's also helped me overcome or to identify actual signs and symptoms of intuitive eating that I thought I had, but I really didn't have before. And I agree with that statement. I think that's important to recognize. When you do flexible eating and you do it long enough, you do develop those signs. For instance, yesterday, I changed my breakfast up. I was having a rest day, so I didn't have to be concerned about what time I was going to the gym or anything like that. So I made a really big breakfast for myself. It was really, it just so happened to be well-balanced. I didn't, Jeff. I didn't type it in first. Um, I had Kodiak waffle with I'm trying to remember, bacon. And I had some Greek yogurt on the side with berries and uh, PP Fit Powder drizzle. So pretty substantial breakfast. Yeah, and I had MCT in my coffee. So I had a good amount of, amount fat. of fat 
a really substantial amount of carbs and a really substantial amount of protein. I was not hungry until 2.30 in the afternoon. It was later that day. You were like, I'm still not hungry. I had my lunch and then I didn't eat again till dinner. I, this was like one of the first times in a long time that I didn't eat snacks throughout the day. I was just completely satisfied. But had you not known how much food you still had to eat, you may not have ate the rest of the Oh, day. I would have under-eaten. I, I, I would have eaten, but I would have under-eaten. Because you would have... Taking that sign of feeling full to like, I don't need more. Yeah, and and one of the most important things you can do for your body on a rest day is to eat. Like, the, it's funny, I was just reading something the other day, and it's like, maybe we shouldn't be calling it a rest day, we should be calling it a growth day. Like, this is your body's opportunity recover. to recover, grow, repair, and actually, you know, develop based on all of that work that you've put in the gym and the past few days and you know so building off that about how much food do you eat every day uh, close to 1800 calories 1800 calories at about 105 pounds mm -hmm. that's unheard of <laughs> no that's a ton of food for someone at your size oh, and oh. and you're, you're getting there slowly right <laughs> but good. most women at that size would not eat nearly that much food Oh, I used to eat regularly less than a thousand calories a day. So you're eating double what you ate. And I weighed a hundred pounds. Right. So now I weigh five pounds more. I'm significantly stronger, and I'm eating eight hundred calories more than I used to. So and then, you know that goes back to it. You know I think for everyone, it's it's you know that same analogy I made for CrossFit, and and similarly to what EC wrote on her post about this, where Ali had that question, and it's. Yeah, you can try that, but when you're ready to take your nutrition, health, fitness to the next level, you can add more to it. Start with intuitive eating, but intuitive eating is meaningless if you don't develop some parameters around what you actually need. Exactly, and I think something that I... I'm often reminded of when people ask questions about flexible eating is nothing changes without awareness. Change is a result of awareness. If you're not aware of what is going on, then how do you know what needs to change? I does change even happen? I don't know that it does, because if you're unaware, there's probably no change is ever gonna happen. So you're just gonna continue the same. If you want to grow and change as a person, then I think you have to develop some awareness. And I think tracking your macros and, and developing your awareness around food is, is one of the integral ways in which to do it. And, and, you know, just to kind of reiterate, like that's, we don't encourage an obsession about food. When we have our clients in our lifestyle, you know, we track other parameters and, and measurements and things too, you know, we're, we're asking people to pay attention to how much sleep they're getting. We're asking people to focus on water and make sure they drink water before their meals. You know, we're helping people with dietary habits and behaviors that are sustainable and that will help them throughout this. And then Mark Davis put a great post on, on our Facebook chat and it says, if it's not tracked, it's not managed. Yeah, I love that. Who is that? Um, Peter... I can't remember. And, you know, and, and, and that's whether it's in business, like he said, yeah. or in your sleep, like you just said, or your workouts, or your nutrition. Mm -hmm. It needs, if it's not tracked, it's not managed.
Have we answered this question, do you think? I think so. I think ultimately the question was, do I need to do this forever? That's well. That was really when I when I get a question or I get a statement from someone, I try to decipher what they're really trying to ask or say. Yeah. And I think that's what most people are trying to ask or say. Cool. This intuitive eating sounds a lot better than having this app that I'm stuck on and having to use all the time. And my first response to that is, okay, we've all been on diets. Save what you're going to say. We've all been on diets for an, our entire lives. Yes. How many of those diets have allowed you to eat foods you love while losing weight, while having the understanding that down the road you're actually going to get more food? None. So if the small price to pay is, I have to use this app and track what I eat, worth it. I don't know why, but for me, using my fitness pal and tracking is part of my day. It doesn't add stress, and in fact... It relieves stress from my day. We've talked about willpower. We have a webinar on our site that you can go watch. We've wrote blog posts about it, but I don't use willpower at all when it comes to nutrition. Here's the deal. This is my food. I will eat this by the end of the day. I will not go over. I will not go under. Mm -hmm. Period. I don't know what it is about me, but that's what I do. So for a lot of people, it becomes, well, do I have to do this forever? Yeah, if I have to do this forever, cool, sure. At some point, I'm going to be 70 or 80. I'm going to start doing some drugs because I'm going to be old enough and be like, whatever. This one's driving me crazy. The kids are driving me crazy. Let grandpa just smoke a little joint and chill out. You're going to be sleeping. Like, <laughs> Two-thirds of the day. I'm going to be like my grandpa. You're going to be fasting purely because you're asleep most of the time. My grandpa used to just turn his hearing aid down, not tell anybody, <laughs> and stop listening to people. That's what I'm going to do. I feel like you do that now. Do you have a secret <laughs> hearing aid? But up until that point, I'm going to track my macros. What, what say you about that? Cool. I think, as we know, everyone is different. We all respond differently to stress, and we all perceive stress in different ways. I think the app, Tracking Macros, can have an, a stressful effect on people, and I think if that's happening with our clients, we're always quick to identify it and help them work through it. Because well, often it's, it's not the app, it's not, and, and I can take myself as a case in point. Because it stressed me out at first. And it wasn't the app. It wasn't the tracking the macros. It was my own uh, inability to let go of perfection and to stop judging myself every freaking day. Like Abby identified. That was exactly like, what she said. You have to treat this with a very, you know, you have to learn to develop this. And this is something we definitely help our clients do. But self-compassion is so key. Letting go of that inner critic is is absolutely fundamental for any kind of transformative change you want to have in this world. Like, I don't care whether it's your nutrition or something else. Like, and part of what we do, you know, we post these pictures of transformations, and we're we're starting to collect videos now because I understand and, and appreciate that we're doing more than just helping people change their bodies. We really are helping people change their mindsets and the way in which they talk to themselves, um, look at themselves in the mirror, and appreciate everything that their body does for them on a daily basis. Well, what you just touched on, too, and we probably have avoided it so far, is Abby's statement about you know compassion and generosity towards yourself. And I think there is also that blur where 
hey, just because you're tracking doesn't mean you need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with one of our clients yesterday, and she fell off the wagon, and we reached out to her, we got her back on, and turns out the reason she fell off was because she's been working more, and the way she spends time with her significant other, her fiancé, she's getting married in March, is by they go out to eat a couple times a week. And it turns into a stressor for both of them because she's so worked up about going out to eat. And this tracking. reminds me of a recent scenario. All right, well, save your, <laughs> save your finger pointing. So I said to her, look, track that day, leave yourself some food, and go out to eat and don't track it. Right. And it was like, I can do that? Yeah. Like, know, it's, it's <laughs> like, let, let me finish. Yeah, okay. So you don't have to be perfect. If you track your breakfast, your lunch, a snack that you have throughout the day, mm -hmm. and leave yourself 30 grams of carbs, 30 grams of protein, and 20 grams of fat, have some fucking dinner. And, go, and that's it. it. Enjoy yeah. it. Sure, you can't have eight margaritas, and you can't have, you know, the 16-ounce ribeye. But most women especially aren't doing that. Oh, right? Yeah. I know, Andrew just said something. Most women aren't doing that. Just That's where the intuitive eating comes into play. Yeah, And I, that's what I do every Saturday. You know, I'm gone for, on the weekend for seminars. I have some influence, but not a whole lot over where, where we go out to eat Saturday night. You know, certainly when we go to the... When Jacksonville or Miami or Orlando, I have an idea of where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I oftentimes eat throughout the day, leaving a chunk of food for night, and it influences what I order, right? If I know we're going to a steakhouse, I'll save a little more fat that day because I'm going to get a steak. Mm -hmm. If I know we're going to an Italian place, I save a little more carbs because I know I might get some ravioli. And that's, that's where intuitive eating can help. Yeah, and I think the intuitive part comes about because you've developed and acquired all this knowledge about food from your tracking. For instance, you know, I remember one occasion where we went out with, um, with after one of your seminars and we went to a restaurant that didn't have service and we couldn't, couldn't get on my fitness pal. And I think this was like the first time in a long time that I had been out and I had pre-programmed something into my day instead of just leaving myself um, a good bit of room with my fat and my pot. So I got very like hung up on trying to have exactly what I wanted, but it wasn't available or whatever it was I for some reason. That. So it was like this it presented my, you know, me with this, this challenge of trying to find something else on the menu that would be equivalent to what I had previously wanted to have. And I think I made a good stab at it. And, you know, I, later on when I finally got back to the room, I was able to plug something in. But I think in that moment in time, I was able to kind of reflect. I wasn't too far off, and I was like, cool. Like, I don't need to freak out in situations where that happens anymore because I actually made a really good and smart choice, and I did that just, like, intuitively, but based on all of this knowledge I've acquired over time from tracking food. So you give me an idea. Two, two tests you can take. Can I just follow up my statement with one thing? Sure. I agree with your advice, and I like what you said, because it's something that I did when I was traveling, and I was trying, and you, you can apply this to vacations, when I was trying to enjoy the foods and culture of places that I was in, you know, I would oftentimes, 
planned snacks, breakfast, lunch, whatever it was, but the, you know, two thirds of my day and then enjoy one third of my day where I was like, I know I'm not going to be accurate. I'm going to take a good guess of what macros I need to have available, but then I'm just going to enjoy what's available at whatever restaurant. Well, and I think, you know, it's just so happened that we got a question from Christiana about vacations and other people have mentioned that. Yeah, and vacations become a different beast. And here's what most people have found that work with us. If you go away for a week and you're not a complete asshole, you come back fine. Yeah. Anna went away for a week, tracked, came back lighter. Mm -hmm. And she was stressing out about it. Right? Yeah. Um, I think what that goes to show is that a lot of people probably end up unreading. Or moving more. Or being more active. I was going to say that as well. Like, you don't realize, depending on the vacations you're going on, you actually end up being a little more active. Or sleeping more. That too. And it's funny how, um, yeah, when you remove stress and add a little more sleep into the equation, how your body responds. And, you know, Andrew just wrote, I would be a complete asshole if I didn't track for a week. Sometimes that's okay too. First of all, you know, it goes back to if it's not track that's not managed sometimes people think they're being an asshole and eating so much when in their in reality they're not i know what i'm eating like now yeah but, but so so let me, this goes back to what i was going to say then we can wrap up if you guys have any questions post them we'll try to get to a handful of them before we wrap this up we got we got to get about our day but and keep these questions relevant to the topic but Two tasks, two pieces of homework. If you want to test intuitive eating, first step, next time you go out to eat, eat throughout the day or set the rest of your day. Say you're having dinner like I do, breakfast, lunch, whatever else snack you're going to have, leave yourself a chunk and intuitively eat dinner and then retroactively track everything you eat. Right. So don't don't pre pre-pick anything. Right. Show up at the restaurant. I got 30 grams of fat, 30 grams of protein, 30 grams of carbs left. Right. Okay, well, what am I going to have? Well, that piece of salmon fits the protein, probably some fat. I'm going to have a sweet potato, which probably fits the carb. So I need a little bit of fat. I'll throw some butter on the sweet potato. Cool. Do your best to guesstimate that. Don't be a lunatic and bring your scale to the table and try that. See what happens. Yeah. Then next, do that for an entire day. Track, write down what you ate. Don't put it in the app so you have no influence over how much you're taking in. Mm -hmm. But write it down and see what happens. And what about people who don't already track? If you don't already track, it's harder. I mean, I would encourage you to do the same thing, but then you don't really know what you should be tracking. Mm-hmm. And that's what goes back to the original statement of if you're not tracking it to begin with, you can't really do that. Right. Well, I would say this. If you're not already tracking and Big you're word, intuitively Andrew. eating, why not just track for a few days and see if you just see what you notice? Well, and that's how we get most people started. Right. Here's what we do. You know, Nick from The Box was like, hey, I'm interested in learning more about this. I said, cool. Download my fitness panel and just track what you eat. Yeah. That's it. Let's see what you eat. Because here, ask me how much, ask me how I eat. How do you eat? I eat good. (laughs) (laughs) That's what. Do you you eat healthy? I eat very healthy. (laughs) I eat mostly good foods. Once in a while I have some junk. 
right? Once in a while, you have a couple snacks. That's what snacks. everybody's answer. Ate really well. I ate well. Monday through Friday. I oh, know. I ate good. I ate good. I ate good. So. <laughs> Retroactive. <laughs> That's, you know, so let's get an idea. Because here's what will happen. You start tracking. Oh, you eat good? You had four grams of protein yesterday. And that's what I'm talking about where it's like eating with awareness to what you're eating. Because pe most people don't. If they did, they would know that they ate an entire bag of chips. Of yeah, you yesterday. and I, because of flexible eating, and we can wrap this up because we're going in circles. But you and I, because of flexible eating, do that. Mm -hmm. Every night we have our dessert or snack on the couch, computer finally shut, mm -hmm. phone's finally down, second season of 13 Reasons Why pulled up. Which I don't think we're not. Yeah, it. we're not huge fans of. A little too teenage drama esque for us. So, second season of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. <laughs> and we chill out. Yeah. And that's it. All right, guys. If there's no other questions, we're going to wrap up. Can we show that? Show what? That. Oh. Are you willing to show it? Yeah, I think it's very relevant to the topic. If you're that. on right now, you're getting a... Uh, sneaky preview. Sneaky preview? That's <laughs> another British statement. What did I say yesterday? Stroppy. S stroppy. I was like, wow, have I never used that word around you? You're stroppy. Well, I don't know. What, <laughs> I still don't know what it means. I take it that it means very good looking. Boom! Look at this. All right, so you're only showing Instagram, show Facebook, and for those listening that can't see this, Roz primarily worked on the Own Your Eating Journal. This has taken me close to a year to get this. Yeah, but no joke, you've been working your butt off. It's and a whole book. It's not just on you. I mean, you dealt with editors. Ah, what's inside? Yeah. Well, Don't worry stuff. about that. We talk about intuitive eating in here. We talk about habits and behaviors how to know whether you're ready to change, why you want to do this Show journey. some people. You're not even looking at all these words. 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 It's not just a pictures. blind journal. Picture. Is there pictures in there? Pop-ups? No, no, no. There's like... There's a picture. There's some um, food and feelings assessments you can do at the beginning and then again at the end to see and actually measure even how your emotional state has changed throughout keeping your own reading journal. And obviously our... Coming up soon. Not quite ready. Almost there. It's just about ready, right? Yeah, I gotta just make sure that everything's good in this, and then we're good to go. Our lifestyle members will have first access to it, of course. Of course. Of course. So there's that. If you head over to our site today, Under Apparel, we finally got our new shirt live. Oh, we did? Seven Reasons Why. You're not losing weight. Is that what it's all about? Yeah, but own your reasons. So thirteen. Yeah, thirteen reasons. So check that out if you want. That'd be good SEO. We have um, we have it in men's and women's tanks. Um, we're just testing it out. So let us know if you like it and give it an order if you want it. But thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, this will be available on iTunes in a bit if you want to listen again in the car. Share it with any of your buddies who have long. Mutes. Yeah, and uh, check us out, ownereading.com. You know where to find us on the interwebs, <laughs> the Google machine. <laughs> and uh, we hope you all have a great day. Yeah.